Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Today I'm going to be jumping into another one of my NRL 2022 season previews. This time it's going to be the Cronulla Sharks. Now, if you enjoy this podcast and you want to keep up to date with Not Just a Sports Report, the best way at the moment to do that is probably to follow our Instagram at Not Just a Sports Report. There's plenty of other posts outside of the podcast as well to enjoy, uh, and that's whenever you'll be able to see when new podcast content drops. And if you follow us on whatever, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, whatever you're listening on, if you follow us on that as well, you'll be able to see whenever new podcasts drop. So I'm going to jump into my Cronulla Sharks podcast now, uh, season preview, and I'm going to start with their coach, Craig Fitzgibbon. Now, I rate Craig Fitzgibbon extremely highly. He was the coach that I wanted at the Warriors uh, once Stephen Kearney was sacked and Todd Payton didn't take the job. I think he's going to be the next big coach. I think he has potential to be a master coach, not just because he's been under Trent Robinson, but he was a great player in his day at the Roosters. I watched him growing up, uh, and his defensive mind seems to set him apart from a lot of the other coaches in the league. So I'm really excited to see Craig Fitzgibbon take the reins at the Sharks. I think it's an unbelievable signing. I give that five stars. That's an A-plus for coach. Now, I was pretty happy when they had John Morris. Uh, I was happy to see him have the gig. Now he's over at the Rabbitohs, I believe, as an assistant to Jason Demetriou. Uh, and that gives Craig Fitzgibbon now the chance to really get his hands on this side. He's got a couple of really experienced leaders joining the team this season as well to kind of help him set the standard and the culture and really help him push his vision. Uh, so I'm sure he'd have grand visions for the Sharks. Is he going to be able to get things going in year one? We don't know. I'm not too sure what the differences are between his New South Wales Blues setup and his Roosters setup, and then what his setup's going to be at the Sharks. Uh, but by all reports, the Sharks are aiming to become a much more strong club, uh, a powerhouse club, if you will. So I think all the makings are there for that to happen. But we did see with the handling of John Morris's exit last season that, yeah, maybe this isn't the most professionally run club. But it remains to be seen. If Fitzgibbon has an amazing year this season, then we'll all look and say, like, yeah, that was definitely the right call. I, d- I think it was definitely the right call. I just think it was really wrong the way that they went about it. But as for the coach, I've got an A+. I think it's the perfect coach to take them forward for years to come. So Craig Fitzgibbon's first year as an NRL head coach. Let's see how he goes. Now, as for their captain, they have Wade Graham as the captain. Who He has a lot of oomph. He's a really quality player. Players like a half, like he did come through as a 5'8 when he was at the Panthers starting his NRL career. Uh, but he did pay, play back row in the junior junior divisions, so forgetting my English. Uh, and he's just a really solid player, has played for the Kangaroos, has played for the New South Wales Blues. Uh, and he's won a premiership with the Sharks as well. But last season he had a lot of injury concerns. It remains to be seen how his body's holding up coming into this season. Hopefully we get to see him fit and healthy because he would be another A-plus kind of mark as far as the captain goes. He has leader written all over him. And if he can get himself right and stay healthy, 
then he's going to be the Cronulla Sharks captain until he retires. And I think they can have some really good years under the leadership of Graham, Fitzgibbon, and then you throw in the signings of McInnes and Finucane especially. Uh, and they can really, really build something special here. So Wade Graham, I hope to see him on the park this season. I would love to see him play predominantly, like, you know, most of the season. I'm not sure whether he'll be in that origin frame. I'm sure he will be if the Sharks are going well. Uh, but I think his main concern will just be getting through the season for the Sharks uh, and qualifying for the finals after they very disappointingly missed out last season after kind of turning their season around under the interim coach, Josh Henne. So the captain, Wade Graham, I've got a pass mark. I think that's a really good captain. And hopefully we see him fit and healthy this season. Now, I've been doing X-Factor player uh, for ad or an X-Factor player throughout each of my podcasts. But for the Sharks, for the first time in this podcast series, I am going to be picking two players. So my X-Factor players. And those are the two guys who are reportedly going to start the season in the halves. Matt Moylan and Nico Hines. So I'm assuming Hines, who's coming over from the Melbourne Storm, he did play at halfback as a junior for the Manly Seagulls. Uh, he did play some halfback as well for the Mackay Cutters at Queensland Cup level. So now Craig Fitzgibbon has brought him over to be in the halves, and it looks like Matt Moylan, who has had a bit of a turbulent time, <clears throat> excuse me, in the last five or so years, quite a while now, uh, it looks like they're going to start. Now they have Braden Trindle and Luke Metcalf waiting in the wings as well, both whom I rate really highly. And as a Warriors fan, I'm stoked that we're getting Luke Metcalf next season. But my X-Factor players, I'm picking Nico Hines and Matt Moylan. It's a new halves combination and Nico was outstanding. One of the best players in the entire competition last season at the Melbourne Storm. He had guys in front of him like Ryan Pappenhausen, Jerome Hughes, Cameron Munster, so he left to be, he wants to be that guy. He wants to be the X-Factor player, which he was a lot last season. Now, Matt Moylan is known to be an X-Factor player when he's firing, but it has been a long, long time since we have seen Moylan firing on a consistent basis. It really interests me. I think maybe they'll play Moylan at six, Hines at seven, but it would be interesting if they go Hines at six and Moylan at seven. We've never seen Moylan play at halfback, at least not at NRL level, so... I'm not too sure which which one's gonna play, who's gonna play where. I think probably Hines halfback and Moylan number six. But when the games are there to be won, they've got those gritty leaders in McInnes, Finucane, Wade Graham. They've got some outstanding talent in the back line like Jesse Ramian, Will Kennedy, Ronaldo Militalo. So I think when the games are there to be won, I think that's when these two X Factor players step up. Nico Hines, Matt Moylan, if they fire then the Sharks will go a long way to being premiership contenders. So I'm really intrigued to see how the Sharks go this season. That is why I've picked two X-Factor players. If he can get the both, uh, sorry, if Craig Fitzgibbon can get the best out of both Nico Hines and Matt Moylan, then all of a sudden the Cronulla Sharks are going to be winning plenty of games. And we saw last season there was a big gap between the top four and the rest of the competition. So if the Sharks can continue to rack up games then all of a sudden they could be 5th or 6th, and then with a bit of luck, next minute they're trying to push into the top 4. So I think Craig Fitzgibbon knows that he has a really quality squad on his hands, but it is going to be a challenge and there are going to be tests along the way. So my X-Factor players, Nico Hines and Matt Moylan. And then there's the X-Factor player up next, which I have picked Jensen Tamopio. 
He is a young centre. I think he's going to play a lot more first grade this season. I don't think he's made his debut yet. Uh, but Jensen is one to watch. I know they're going to have Connor Tracy and Jesse Ramian starting the season in the centres most likely. But I think if there are injuries, suspensions, I think we're going to see Jensen come in and play a lot of first grade this year. Uh, I apologise for not knowing exactly how to say his last name right. Uh, but Jensen Pio, he is one to watch. So remember the name. Don't remember the exact last name I just gave you because maybe it was wrong. Apologies to Jensen. Uh, but he's my one to watch. I think he's a really quality player. I have seen a bit of him at under-20s level and then reserve grade level for the Newtown Jets. I really, really like what I see. I think him alongside Jonia Laulua, I think it's uh, pronounced. I think those two are really young backline stars to keep an eye on at the Sharks. And I think over time, they're going to start to build into kind of long-term parts of the Cronulla Sharks set up at NRL level. So my one to watch, Jensen Tamao Pio. Now, last season, the Cronulla Sharks just missed out on the eight, as I said earlier. They had the John Morris fiasco where he was going really well. He inherited like a very messy situation. He didn't really sign anyone as well. I know they brought Sean Johnson over from the Warriors, but John Morris wasn't like signing guys. He couldn't. The salary cap was in such a mess. He had to work with all these guys who, uh, it can go either way, like Andrew Fafita when he's firing, one of the best in the game. Uh, but he's had his injury concerns more than form. Like, I, I don't think it's down to, been down to a lack of trying from Andrew Fafita. He seems to still be putting in a lot of effort to get himself right. Uh, but then guys like Josh Dugan, Matt Moylan suffering a lot of injuries. And John Morris didn't miss the finals with the Cronulla Sharks. They decided to sack him unceremoniously last season after they just lost to the Sydney Roosters. Uh, and yeah, I could speak for ages about it. I, I won't, but I really did not rate that. I really liked John Morris as a coach. I liked him as a player as well. And he was the Cronulla Sharks under-20s coach. He brought a lot of these guys like Sione Katoa through. Uh, and so he had a good, good understanding of their game. And he was kind of a good guy to bring these young guys through. And now I understand Craig Fitzgibbon long-term is probably the better long-term signing. Uh, but yeah, I just did not rate the way they handled it. But the interim king, Josh Henney, stepped in last season. Uh, they were losing a lot of games. It looked like an absolute mess. Everyone was pointing the finger at the Cronulla Sharks board and saying, what the hell are you doing? Uh, but Josh Henney got them within a whisker of the finals. They just missed out. Just missed out. They came ninth. So really disappointing. Uh, and you've got to ask yourself if they sacked John Morris or didn't sack John Morris rather, would they have made the finals? I think yes. I think yes. So a major blunder in my opinion. And that's no slight on Josh Henne. He did an incredible job. But I think John Morris should have been given that season. Uh, and it's like, who cares if he goes really well? It's like, just own it. Craig Fitzgibbon is your long-term coach. And if you go well, that should be the goal, to go well. You shouldn't want to go shit. So, uh, and it's not like they wanted to, but yeah, it was just a mess. And that puts Craig Fitzgibbon in a vulnerable position now. Because if they're average to start the season, then everyone's going to be like, well, why did they sack John Morris? He was going well. He was going better than this. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be a really interesting one. I'm sure the media will have a field day if the Cronulla Sharks do start the season poorly. But I think Craig Fitzgibbon is just too classy a coach for that to happen. I think they're going to be there or thereabouts as fine as far, uh, sorry, as far as finals go. And I think they could be a smoky for a surprise top four finish. I'm still kind of working through my prediction. They could finish outside the eight. They could finish in the top four. 
Uh, I just try to work out depth, everything, how every team is going to go. That's how I've been doing my predictions so far. But as I've said, they have the best coach on the market arriving in Craig Fitzgibbon. He was my first preference for the Warriors job when that was available. He just he, Defensively, he's so brilliant with his tactics. He spent a lot of time now under Trent Robinson, so he would have learned so much. He would have learned a lot about how to deal with elite players as well and how to kind of bring some of these younger guys through. He's also worked at the New South Wales Blues setup for a while. He's been the defensive coach. He's worked with Freddie Fittler uh, and worked with a number of elite players. He was an elite player. He did play for the Blues and the Kangaroos in his day himself. So Craig Fitzgibbon is a gun. And I think he's going to be able to translate his playing success and his assisting coaching success into head coach success, which not everyone can do. It's not an easy thing to do. But I think after being at the Roosters, especially for such a long time, I think Craig Fitzgibbon is ready to come to the Sharks. I do believe his father, uh, if it wasn't the Dragons, I believe his father coached the Sharks. I'm pretty sure. Don't quote me on that, but I'm like 95% sure. Craig Fitzgibbon's dad coached the Sharks at some point as well. So there's a narrative there, uh, and now he can come to the Sharks. Their only premiership was under Shane Flanagan. So Craig Fitzgibbon has this real, like, untapped potential in this team to create a powerhouse and create what would be the greatest Cronulla Sharks team of all time, which is a huge statement considering some of their teams with guys like Paul Gallen or Andrew Eddinghausen or Matt Rogers. Uh, the list could go on, David Peachy. So there's a whole, whole lot of list of great Cronulla Sharks teams. Uh, one of the greatest, you'd have to say, was their premiership winning team. Uh, but I think if Craig Fitzgibbon long-term can mold this team into what his vision would be, then this could end up being the greatest Cronulla Sharks period of time and greatest run that we have ever seen to date. So if you're a Cronulla Sharks fan, and I'm sure you already are, but get very excited very very excited if he was at the warriors i would have been unbelievably excited i would have hoped we could be premiership contenders this season so craig fitzgibbon is the best possible coach for the job and yeah sharks fans get very excited for his arrival well he's already arrived his feet are under the desk we've got trials coming up so the season is very very close so exciting times ahead uh, and now I'm going to jump on to Will Kennedy, who is representing the Indigenous All-Stars this weekend. His improvement was out of sight last season. He was a gun in the under-20s. He was a gun at New South Wales Cup level, where they won the Newtown Jets, won the New South Wales Cup and State Championship with him at fullback. And uh, he was just outstanding. He finally converted it and kind of... Oh, someone's calling me. All right, my bad. I... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, my wife called me. Uh, so yeah, that happens. I left that in because I try to keep these podcasts as unfiltered as possible. There are mistakes. Sometimes I edit them out. But sometimes, I don't know, they're, sometimes they're funny. That wasn't that funny. Uh, but just adds a bit of spice. You never know what could happen in this podcast. Someone could call me, you know. Boom. Someone could call you. I could knock my coffee cup. Anything could happen. So I'm going to move back on to the Cronulla Sharks now. Uh, and as I said earlier, there's a bit of a halves battle. Nico Hines, Matt Moylan looking to start. Uh, but Braden Trindle, who may be in the 14 jersey, he's going to look to push his way into the side. He can also play at dummy half, but it prefers to play at halfback. Uh, and I think the trials will be really important for Braden Trindle and Luke Metcalf, who I rate highly as a gun. I think we'll see him play a bit of first grade this season. 
but uh, and he, yeah, he'll build on like what he finished last season with, which was some really quality performances. And he was really good in the New South Wales Cup before that ceased because of COVID. Uh, I think the one thing that hurts Luke is that he's off to the Warriors. So, yeah, uh, I don't know if the, he'll be the first choice. I think he'll be kind of the fourth string behind those other three guys. But I think we'll still see him play some games throughout this season. And if the noise is true and Reese Walsh does leave the Warriors, then I think Luke Metcalf could be an interesting call in the number one jersey potentially. But I also rate him really highly in the halves. So as a Warriors fan, I'm stoked to have him next season. Uh, but Sharks fans should be still very happy to have him this season because he is a quality player. Then in the dummy half department, Blake Braley. He's their guy long-term that they're backing in to be their long-term dummy half. Uh, so he's going to be the guy this season, no doubt. But they've also signed Jaden Beryl from the Wynnum Manly Seagulls, who's been performing for a consistent amount of time at Queensland Cup level. Uh, so he's been signed... Did really well, made the grand final last year and was the player of the season in the Queensland Cup last season, which played through the entire season. That wasn't shut down through COVID. Uh, so there are some defensive parts of his game, which kind of worry me, stepping up to NRL level. But he was a quality young dummy half in the Brisbane Broncos under 20s a number of years ago now. Uh, and he's taken time to develop his game and in reserve grade. So I'm keen to see him get a go in the NRL this season. I think it will happen. If Blake Braley goes down, then I think Beryl is definitely an option. Uh, so he's one to look out for as well this season. Their forward depth is kind of what worries me in terms of whether I put them in my eight. Uh, I do like a couple of the young forwards in Jack Martin and Franklin Pele, who I think will make their NRL debuts this year. I don't think either of them have. I don't think Franklin has. Uh, and Andrew Fafita, if he can be fit, then he's a key part of this squad. I think he can be kind of what gets them through to the top eight. I think he's a really important part of their squad. And I think Craig Fitzgibbon is a really good coach who's going to know how to get the best out of Andrew. So I'm looking forward to seeing them link up. And then, as I mentioned, two amazing leadership additions in Cameron McInnes, who's come over from the Dragons, started his career at the Rabbitohs, uh, has been a dummy half, but it looks like he's going to play lock forward. And in terms of the hooker depth as well, Cam McInnes can be an elite nine, so he'll play lock forward, which I think can be fun. Uh, but I don't think it's going to be... He's not like a ball-playing lock per se. He's more a, a tough lock. But I think Paul Gallen was a very tough lock in a similar kind of mold. McInnes is a bit smaller. Uh, but I really like him in the number 13 jersey. He can also alleviate some of the pressure from uh, Blake Braley by coming in and helping out at dummy half. So McInnes is an outstanding signing. A-plus for mine. Uh, and Dale Finicane the same. Both guys had captained their clubs. McInnes had captained the Dragons, uh, although Ben Hunt was given the honours last season. And Dale Finicane last season captained the Storm. And the Melbourne Storm had one of the greatest seasons we've ever seen in the NRL. So Finicane's come over. Unbelievable signings for the Cronulla Sharks. I uh, cannot speak highly enough about either of these signings. Both as well. Uh, an interesting note, Craig Fitzgibbon has worked with and the New South Wales Blues level, they've been involved in the squad setup. Uh, so, yeah, Craig Fitzgibbon obviously knows exactly what these guys are all about. These guys would have a pretty fair idea on what Craig Fitzgibbon is about. And that is step one. That is the fundamental way to help build the future of the Cronulla Sharks, alongside the guys who are already there, like Andrew Fafita and the captain Wade Graham and some of their other leaders. Uh, and I think now is a real turning point for the Sharks. I don't know if this season's going to be their season, but I think 
in the next 10 years, we could see one or two premierships. I think we could see a couple of premierships from the Sharks if all things go to plan. Uh, it's hard to tell with the salary cap and the way the NRL works and just kind of fluctuates at times. But I think with Craig Fitzgibbon, he's such a perfect guy to have long term. And then some of these young guys that they have, they can build around. And then these leaders are going to help to just like set that platform. Uh, and it's not so much about like instant success, but these guys are going to build more a sustainable, a more sustainable future for the Cronulla Sharks, where they are constantly gunning for the premiership. I know that the Cronulla Sharks board and everyone involved there have really high hopes. They want to be a big deal. Uh, so I think they're going to come out and try and make a big splash this year. They've got the leaders to do it. They've got the young guys to do it. And they've got some of the X-Factor players like Nico Hines and Matt Moylan to be able to do it. So I'm really intrigued by the Sharks this season. Now I'm going to take a quick look at their first 10 games of the season. I feel as though a start to the season, it isn't the be-all and end-all. Look at how the Dragons have gone at times and some other sides. But I'm going to take a look at their first 10 games because when I try to work out kind of where I have them on the ladder and when I had kind of a draft of where I had them, then I like to look through the first 10 games and like to see are there going to be sides who maybe have a poor start, which could really falter them uh, later in the season as injuries and suspensions take place, potential COVID disruptions. So I think the starts are going to be very important this season. So I'll look at the Cronulla Sharks first 10 now and kind of give a view at the moment on where I have it before any of the trials are played. So uh, obviously, yeah, my opinion is definitely going to change as the season starts. But this is just my preseason preview, and I like to throw a little prediction in there. So for the Cronulla Sharks, their first game of the season, they'll be heading to Canberra to take on the Raiders. Uh, at this stage, I actually have the Raiders winning this uh, in terms of my round one bets. I'm looking at the Raiders, but I want to see some trials played beforehand to know how kind of both squads stack up. But the new coach for the Sharks, Craig Fitzgibbon, it will take a little bit of time for him to kind of work his game plan in, whereas Ricky Stewart kind of has an established squad at the Raiders who will be really set on bouncing back from a poor season. I think that's going to be one of the great highlight games of the first round, especially for Raiders and Sharks fans. In round two, the Sharks play the Eels. That'll be a really good game as well. I'd probably lean towards the Eels at this stage, but that would depend on having Dylan Brown, Mitchell Moses, Reed Marnie, Clint Gutherson out there, they'd, and like Junior Paulo, they'd need their squad at full strength, which in round two, you'd assume they will have. I can see the Eels winning that. Uh, but if the Sharks can win those first two games, then that's massive. And I think they are two winnable games. So for Sharks fans, they'll be excited. They'll be cheering on their team, and they know if they can get those first two games, then all of a sudden, there starts to be some real genuine excitement build around their 2022 season. In round three, they take on their crosstown rivals in the Dragons at Wynn Stadium. That one's a tight one. I'll probably give that to the Sharks. But once we've seen a couple of rounds played, we'll probably know a bit more about both sides. Uh, both really interest me. I think they're definitely in contention for the top eight, both of them. Uh, and I think they can play finals this season. But I had the Dragons in 11th in my season preview. So I think they'll have moments of brilliance, but I don't think... They'll be able to sustain it throughout the whole season, just as they bring a lot of these really good young guys through and have some experienced new signings around them. Uh, so I'll give that game to the Sharks. In round four, Points Bet Stadium, shit stadium name, 
Uh, Sharks up against the Knights. I have Sharks winning that. I'll wait till we see a bit more football play, but I'll back the Sharks in with the guys they have throughout their whole top 30 squad to get that done. So if Sharks could be like two or three from four to start the season, then all of a sudden they're right in the mix for finals footy this season, which they were last season, but they just had that disappointing drop-off right toward the end. In round five, the Sharks will be taking on the West Tigers. Now I have the Tigers in 16th place for this season. I hope they go better than that. I really like Jackson Hastings and a few other guys like Ken Mamalo in their squad. Uh, but I've got them in 16th. So yeah, I'll give the Sharks that one as well. So I really see the Sharks having a quality start to the season. If they have a few hiccups in those games though and lose more than they win, then all of a sudden the pressure will be on. So it's a big first five games for the season uh, in terms of the Cronulla Sharks draw. In round six, they will be taking on the Melbourne Storm, which will be a really tough game. That's at Amy Park. I don't have a lot of teams beating the Storm at Amy Park this season, so I'll probably be giving that one to the Storm. In round seven, Points Bet Stadium, one of the worst stadium names in the NRL, uh, Sharks up against the Sea Eagles. That'll be a really close game. When I was actually doing my predictions, there were a few teams, Warriors, Sea Eagles, Sharks, Titans, who fluctuated between in my eight and out of my eight. And I know that's shocking for the Seagulls, but I'll get to that in my Seagulls podcast because I had a lot of reasons why. Uh, but it's still to be determined whether I put any of these sides in my top eight and who I left out because I did leave uh, teams out. So the Cronulla Sharks, Seagulls, that is a huge game for me. That is going to be a major one in terms of once it gets to the end of the season and it's very little separating a lot of the teams vying for certain spots on the ladder. I think games like this one, the Cronulla Sharks and the Seagulls, I think that is going to come into play big time in terms of who finishes where this NRL season. In round eight, the Sharks will travel up to Suncorp Stadium. Uh, between round eight and ten, they will play two of their three games at Suncorp. They'll be taking on the Broncos on a Thursday night. Uh, I hope the Sharks can get that, get that win. I think they can. Uh, but by now, we'll know a little bit more about are Moylan and Hines still the, uh, still the first choice halves? Sorry, mix that one up. Uh, like, what is the makeup of their squad by round eight? Because it'll definitely be different from the round one squad, especially with injuries, suspensions. And it's the same for the Broncos. We'll know a lot more about the Broncos. Will Katoni Staggs be injury free? Payne Haas, how will he be going? Probably fucking awesome, like he has been since he stepped foot in the NRL. Uh, and kind of who who are their first choice halves. So that's going to be another tricky one in the draw. Then in round nine, the Sharks will be taking on the Warriors. I really, really hope the Warriors can get the win there. And I hope, uh, I think they can, sorry. Uh, but the Sharks more likely with this two squads put together on their day, given the Warriors inconsistencies and kind of having guys out through injury a bit last season and being away from home and all those things. I think maybe the Sharks can get that game, but I'll be cheering on the Warriors. And I actually had the Warriors in fifth for my season. Very biased, definitely biased. I was going to leave them out of the eight. They were one of the teams I was umming and ahhing about, but I feel like it's wrong to not back my team. And these predictions aren't like life or death. And I was like, how can I not support my team? And then somehow they crept up to fifth. Once I started, you know, if Adam Fanua Blake can stay injury-free, and this was before I knew that Reese Walsh wants to leave. Fuck my life, honestly. 
Fucking hell. I don't even want to get into that. This is the Cronulla Sharks podcast. Uh, and then in round 10, the Sharks will be playing at Magic Round in Brisbane up against the Canberra Raiders. That'll be a really tense game. They're playing each other twice in the first 10 rounds, round 1 and round 10. Uh, and that is another major game, along with that Seagulls one. And maybe the Sharks, uh, the Storm one, sorry. There are a few, but I think the uh, Seagulls one, <laughs> sorry. I think the Seagulls one and the two Raiders ones will have a major bearing on where all three of those sides finish in this NRL season. So it's a pretty tricky draw. I think if they can if they can win more games than they lose in that period, then they're going to make the finals. That is my opinion. But the danger is if they rack up quite a few losses in that first 10 games, then they're going to be on the back foot. Other teams are going to go have momentum. Sharks may be trying to work out what their best 17 is, whilst other teams will have their best 17 kind of set and then just bring guys in through injury and things like that. So there are kind of some tricky situations that the Sharks may find themselves in this year. Uh, and it's a really important first 10 for them. It's got to be a momentum builder. It is very important for the Sharks. Uh, and by that first 10 games, we'll have a look and kind of know a bit more about how they look under Craig Fitzgibbon, what kind of defensive changements and adjustment, adjustments sorry, they've made. Cannot speak English today. Uh, and I think as well, the interesting fact is that John Morris, one thing he worked with the Sharks in his time, for as long as the Sharks had been around, they'd been like a really gritty, grindy, draggy down team. They'd win like 10-8 if they had to. Uh, and John Morris kind of instilled an attacking flair in them. He tried to bring through Bronson Sherry, who has since, you know, he's not playing. Uh, and he tried to promote a real attacking style of play, which a lot of the guys in the squad are still there. And they kind of learnt under that, which I think is really beneficial because Craig Fitzgibbon is going to come in with his defensive prowess. And these guys are going to have spent a bit of time. It's the complete mix because some of these guys who've been around for a while really understand that gritty, draggy down, grinding contest type of a style, which they could implement in this faster modern game. And it could be very effective. Then you've got the defensive prowess of Craig Fitzgibbon. He's going to sort everything out there. I truly believe that. He is probably the best guy you can get in terms of organizing a team's defense. And he'll bring in the right guys around him as well, who he knows can help to drive these kind of changes in the defensive structures and same with the attacking play. And then the benefit of doing a lot of attacking work under John Morris is that now a lot of these young guys especially are going to have a really good attacking style of play. There's going to be flair to go with their defense. I think they're going to know kind of when to play and when to offload with this faster style. So... I think overall, it may take a season to kind of really see these changes develop. But going forward, I think this is what is going to make the Sharks one of the best teams to watch. Going forward, probably in the next five to ten years, I think they are really building something special. So now I'm going to take a look at their gains and losses for the season. Then I'll just do a quick browse through their top 30 squad before I make my final prediction for where I believe the Sharks are going to finish in the 2022 season. And I'll start with their losses. So the Sharks' losses for this season include Chad Townsend, who was actually let go halfway through last season. He was dropped by coach Josh Henne after he scored a match-winning field goal, I believe, as well. Townsend went to the Warriors last season for the second part. He is now headed to the Cowboys, but he had signed to the Cowboys previously to being released to the Warriors. 
Speaking of the Warriors, Sean Johnson returning home. I am stoked about that. He is coming back to the Warriors. Uh, and his time at the Sharks has developed him really nicely. I think he'll be a big loss for the Sharks. If they'd kept him, then I think they could have done some really special things this season. But he had had his injury worries, and they do need to bring guys like Braden Trindle through. So the loss made sense for them to kind of balance out their cap, bring in guys like Finnecane and McInnes, and overall, I think hopefully the move works out best for both parties. The Sharks have also let Aaron Woods go to their rivals, the Dragons. He was told that he wasn't required, one of the three players by Craig Fitzgibbon once he finally got the job. Uh, told Aaron Woods, you probably won't be required, or you won't be required next season. He's gone to the Dragons. It seems like he's really happy with the move. They have a great young crop of players, as well as some good forwards coming through. They've signed some experienced heads. So again, I think that's a move that can work out best for both parties. Maybe even better for Aaron Woods. The Sharks could find themselves short maybe one prop this season. Uh, and if they do, then maybe that is going to be a loss. They could have signed him on a cut price deal, but I think the Sharks do have some really good juniors and a lot that I haven't actually seen myself, uh, but I know they have some really good junior programs, so I'm sure they're bringing through a few forwards, and now's probably the time where they want to get them playing some consistent NRL football, or at least reserve grade, and then getting a few tastes of first grade, or reserve grade, yeah, and then getting a first taste of NRL throughout the season, give them their debut, uh, and I think that will happen. I think if injuries persist at the Sharks, then their forwards don't have a huge amount of depth. There are guys, like I mentioned, like Jack Martin, who I think will step up and try to fill some of the, fill some of the voids. And then guys like Aiden Tolman are very durable. Uh, Toby Rudolph has had his injury troubles, but he's an elite forward. I think he's going to be pushing and trying to make his name, one of the names talked about in terms of Smokies, for the Origin series, so I think Toby Rudolph is setting himself for a big season. He backflipped on the Warriors, and I totally understood his reasons. But now I'm also like, you know what? I hope the Warriors go well, and I hope the Sharks don't go as well. Is it petty? Yeah, super petty. It did he? It was the reasons he mentioned for doing it, personal reasons, and like so justified. Yes. Am I salty? Yes. He would be. He's such a good player. Why am I salty? because he's such an awesome player, and I would have loved to have him at the Warriors. But we took Luke, Luke Metcalf, yoink, we'll take him. You guys can keep Toby Rudolph. Uh, and yeah, I'll jump back to the gains and losses now. We've had Josh Dugan retire. He was one of the players who told he wasn't required. So another interesting note there, Josh Dugan retiring. Did contribute quite a lot of exciting moments to the game. Played for the Kangaroos and the Blues, so good luck to Josh in retirement. Will Chambers, he's off. <laughs> what a season he had. I remember the game against the Warriors, Kane Evans. Uh, there was a lot made. I think there was a lot of media blow up about Chambers being a pest. I still enjoyed it. He's just kind of passed his best. That was the only issue. I didn't have any issue with the chat. I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, like one example I'll give, which is kind of like a bit controversial. Like it's definitely what happens on the field stays in the field too. Like this is that's what it, this shouldn't have left the field. Uh, uh, although I guess Sean O'Sullivan is in the place where it could leave the field because it is a pretty shitty thing to say. But Sean O'Sullivan and Matt Lodge were playing at the Warriors, and Matt Lodge is his partner is Sean O'Sullivan's sister, and Will Chambers was like, yeah, throwing a lot of chat around about Matt Lodge. Uh, he's had his moments, his dark moments. Uh, <laughs> pretty hectic. Will Chambers is off to the United States rugby. 
He is going to go and make some guys' lives a living hell there. His opponents are going to fucking... Oh, I feel sorry for them. But yeah, good luck to Will Chambers. Billy Magulius, really quality player. He's off to the Warrington Wolves in the Super League. He's going to test himself. He believes he can come back to the NRL and be a star attraction. But he's going to go and play and prove himself in the Super League. I really like the move. Warrington are a strong club. And I think Billy Magulius is going to return eventually to the NRL and be a really quality player. Their final loss for the Sharks, Nene McDonald, he left pretty early last season, ended up at the North Devils in the Queensland Cup. Now it's reported that he signed with the Lee Centurions. I had seen that he was on a train and trial deal with the Broncos, uh, but it looks like he has signed a deal with the Lee Centurions for 2022. I'll jump on to the 2022 gains in a sec, but for 2023, next season, the Sharks have also signed Oregon Kilfusi, so he is coming from the Eels, really quality young middle forward. I think when they lost Aaron Woods, that did kind of leave them a shorter guy, and I think this is a perfect guy to bring in. Young, quality, explosive forward. He is such a good addition for 2023, but now I'll jump into the Sharks' gains for this year. The Sharks have gained Cameron McInnes, as I mentioned, great addition for the leadership team. He is going to be huge for them this season. He is coming off a season-ending injury in the preseason last year, so he hasn't played a whole lot of footy. Hopefully his body can hold up because he's a massive addition for the Sharks. Speaking of massive additions, Nico Hines, huge X-Factor player, massive signing from the Storm. I think he's going to go really well. Another signing from the Storm, Dale Finicane, and another great leadership signing. In terms of their gains, it's a five stars. It's an A+. I really rate the guys they've got coming in. Also got Matt Ikuvalu, who's coming from the Roosters, has had some great games there, uh, but probably wasn't the guy who was going to be starting on the right wing this season. Apparently he is going to be starting on the right wing for the Sharks this season, so he's going to come over and be a really important part of the squad, and he's going to push Sione Katoa for that right wing position. The Sharks have also signed Lachlan Miller from Rugby Sevens. Haven't seen a whole lot of him. He supposedly can play in the halves. Uh, center. I think he's going to be a really interesting utility addition, especially with the sped up rules of the game. Maybe he could be a really good number 14. So I'm excited to see Lachlan Miller, what kind of style he plays, what kind of positions he suits in the NRL. Uh, and I wonder if we'll see him at NRL level. I think we may, maybe even in the number 14, like I mentioned. And their final signing for 2022 is Jaden Beryl, who I mentioned earlier. Plays hooker, was the Queensland Cup player of the season last season for the William Manley Seagulls. So that is their gains. I'll go through their top 30 now, and then I'll make my official prediction. So their development list, I believe, two halves, Cade Dykes, Ryan Rivett, Janaya Lualua, who is another young player to watch. I think he'll make his first grade debut this season. And Jack Martin, I also think he'll debut this season, a young prop. They do have pretty big raps on him coming through. And as for their main top 30 squad, they have Jaden Beryl and Blake Braley, two of their main hooking options. They'll probably be pushing each other for the position. Blake Braley is the long-term option, so he'll start the season. But maybe we'll see a bit of a battle if Jaden Beryl can continue his quality form at reserve grade level, uh, playing in the New South Wales Cup. Then there's Andrew Fafita, one of the heart and soul players of this team. Uh, and yeah, I've said a bit about him earlier. He's off contract this season. I think this could be the last season he's at the Sharks. So 
Maybe he retires at the end of the season. Maybe he goes to Super League. Maybe another NRL team want him. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be fun seeing him go around at least one more time in a Sharks jersey. Dale Funakane signed long-term, spoke a lot about him. Cannot speak highly enough about that signing. Wade Graham off contract this season. He's their leader, spoke a bit about him earlier. Braden Uele off contract, really love the way he plays the game. He's a try-scoring prop. How good are try-scoring props? Uh, and yeah, Braden Uele, I love watching him play. He'll be pushing to make his case as to why he should be one of the parts of the New Zealand Kiwis squad and in that best 17. So he'll be looking to have a big season. Uh, Mawene Hirodi, he will probably play a couple of games. Played a couple of games last season. He's off contract at the end of this year. Royce Hunt started his career in the Raiders system. He's over at the Sharks off contract this year. Nico Hines, X-Factor player. Matt Ikevalu coming from the Roosters. Sione Katoa, both of them competing for that right wing position. Will Kennedy, he's going to step up big time. He is their first choice fullback. He's going to be playing this weekend in the NRL All-Stars. And he's going to be hoping to take his game to that next level, to that all-star level. And I think that camp will really help him to do that. I think we're going to see Will Kennedy's best season yet, if he can remain injury-free. Cameron McInnes signed long-term. Cannot speak highly enough about that signing either. Lachlan Miller signed from Rugby Sevens. Luke Metcalf off to the Warriors next year. Matt Moylan off contract this season. One of my X-Factor players. That's the catch. He starts the season... He gets the chance off contract. That's usually when players play their best footy. Uh, Craig Fitzgibbon throwing it to Matt Moylan and Nico Hines. And if Moylan shines and if they can be that X-Factor halves combination, then Moylan could earn himself a new contract and they could be kind of the guys for the next couple of years. But I think like Andrew Fafita, this could very well be Moylan's last season at the Sharks. Uh, those contracts and kind of their form and things like that have been issues in terms of the Sharks, more so Moylan than Fafita. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be a narrative going into this season. If they can turn it around, then maybe they get signed somewhere else. I think maybe Craig Fitzgibbon's going to look to move on, move them on, but he'll use their experience and their quality this season to help build what he's looking for in his vision, if that makes any sense. <laughs> then Ronaldo Militalo, outstanding player, love the way he plays the game was denied the chance to play for Queensland last season in Origin. Now he has set his sights on playing for the New Zealand Kiwis in the World Cup. Britton Nakora, also a New Zealand Kiwis eligible player. He's off contract this season. He'll be looking for a big year to try and impress Craig Fitzgibbon, who was a back rower himself. So he'll be able to pass on some really useful knowledge for Nakora. And I'm excited to see how Britton goes this season. Franklin Pele, one of the young props to watch this season. Uh, Jesse Ramian, quality center, went to the Knights for that one year uh, and just did not fire at all. He's come back to the Sharks, going well again. I think he's in for his best year yet. Toby Rudolph, uh, spoke a bit about him earlier. One of the highlight like parts, one of the crucial parts, I guess I could say, uh, of their Ford pack. CSC for Telekai. Love the way he plays the game. He's a fireball of energy, similar to like a Conrad Hurrell type of player, but he's a bit fitter, a bit faster, and a bit stronger. Uh, Jensen Tamoipu, if I said that right, he is my player to watch this season. Aiden Tolman, off contract this season. I think they may let him go as well. Just let a few of these older guys go and bring other guys in. I think the Sharks will set themselves up with another couple of signings for next year. 
Uh, they've already got Oregon Kafusi. I think they're going to move some parts around. So maybe they lose Tolman and Fafita, bring Kafusi in, and maybe they'll look at either blooding a prop like Jack Martin or signing another prop and trying to get a good value. I think the Sharks with uh, Craig Fitzgibbon, they'll pay the right amount for good players like McInnes and Finicane and Hines. But other than that, I think they're going to look for good value signings. I think Craig Fitzgibbon will back himself to get the best out of journeyman Fords and things like that. Uh, the Sharks, not the Roosters, sorry. Craig Fitzgibbon, he's synonymous with the Roosters. I do apologize. Uh, Connor Tracy, one of their X-Factor players as well. Uh, I think under Craig Fitzgibbon, he's going to improve. He's going to get better. He has had his injury troubles, so hopefully he stays fit. Uh, because I saw a lot of, there was a thing like tag your favorite player, one of those things, which I don't really like that much. Uh, but it's not, I'm not offended or anything by it, you know. I don't hate it. It's just like whatever. Uh, but a lot of Sharks fans were commenting Connor Tracy. So I was like, you know what? And I love the way he plays the game as well. So he's really stepped up. He's started to become an NRL player. One that fans going to the games love to watch. One that young kids, as they're watching and playing, they're like, you know, Connor Tracy's one of the players that they want to be like. So he's really stepped up to become a big part of the Sharks squad. And I think under Craig Fitzgibbon, he's going to kind of become one of the leaders, one of the guys coming through that once they let some of experienced guys go, like maybe Moylan, Tom, and Fafita, they'll have guys like Com uh, Colin, Colin Tracy, Connor Tracy coming through who can help lead the club going forward for years to come. Then they've got Braden Trindle. He'll be pushing really hard to be the number seven long-term at this club. This is his season to impress. Uh, and I think after this season, we'll have a clearer picture as to where Braden Trindle stands at this club. Jack Williams, he's a pretty solid forward. And Teague Wilton. So that rounds out the top 30, uh, which means it's time to make my prediction. And as I said, I ummed and ahed. I had the Seagulls, I had the Warriors, I had the Titans. I had it points the Eels out of my eight. But one of the teams I had to put out, unfortunately, sorry Sharks fans, is the Sharks. I predict them to finish ninth. And like I said, I have such high hopes for how they're going to go long term. I think there's just going to be a bit of pain this season. I think they're going to have a bit of injury troubles. I think they'll have suspensions, things like that. And I think their depth is going to be tested. And I think in those crucial crunch games, I think that's where it's going to be won and lost. And I see the teams like the Seagulls, even the Raiders at points, the hopefully the Warriors, but honestly not the Warriors more so than the Seagulls, uh, and the Raiders, and like even maybe the Titans. Those games are all where it's won and lost. So I can see the Cronulla Sharks making the top four. I can see them going really well. But it was hard. There were about nine or ten teams I could see making the eight. So... I put the Cronulla Sharks in ninth. If you're a Sharks fan, I apologize. I think they'll be premiership contenders in the next three or so years. So just be patient. Uh, I, I think maybe from like 2023 onwards, they'll be right in that window. But I think they can be like within three years, like an elite team, like easily top four. And the expe expectation always every season is to win a premiership. So I think they're building some really good building blocks but they just fell away a little bit last season. And in terms of their squad, that overall, I think when all depths get tested, I think the Sharks will be the ones who kind of just not fail. They don't overcome the final hurdle uh, in terms of the latter part of the competition. So I've got the Sharks finishing in ninth. That is why, basically. Uh, I did put the Warriors in, so I was biased. If I was not a Warriors fan, I would have put...
the Warriors out and the Sharks in. That is just honest. I'm sorry. I did. I did. You know. I just own it. Um. So yeah, that for that because as I said, these predictions aren't life or death. If it was life or death, I'd pro- I'd put the Sharks in over the Warriors, but it's not. And the Warriors are my team, so I've put the Warriors in the eight. Uh, and the Sharks, I've got ninth. But if there's any team outside the eight in my predictions, it would be the Sharks. And I think the Raiders and the Dragons are a chance as well, but. I think the Sharks are most likely the ones who are going to embarrass me, make my prediction here look stupid. I can put it that way, but that is my prediction. I've got them in ninth place. I uh, had them missing the eight between Warriors, Titans, and believe it or not, the Sea Eagles. But in the end, I've chosen to leave the Sharks out of my top eight. I hope I'm wrong on this one. I love Craig Fitzgibbon. I really like the Sharks as a club. I like Luke Metcalf because he's coming to the Warriors. Uh, and I think there are big things in their future. And I would love to see the Sharks have an awesome season under Craig Fitzgibbon. There is every chance that'll be the case, but that's my official prediction. I have them in ninth place. The season is so close. So if you're a Sharks fan, get pumped. There are many winnable games throughout your season. There is every chance you guys are going to have a stellar season. So don't let my podcast get you down. Uh, like, honestly, if you're a Sharks fan, you'll be like, who the fuck is this guy anyway? Exactly. There are plenty of people saying the Sharks are going to have an awesome season. I think they are going to have an awesome season, but I've got them in ninth. So let's see how they get. Let's watch the season play out. And if they make the eight, I will own it. I'll apologize to the Sharks fans. And if they don't make the eight, then you can just be like, okay, valid prediction. So there we go. That's my prediction. I've got the Cronulla Sharks in ninth place. Next up, I have the Gold Coast Titans who have rebranded. They want to cover a few premierships in the next 10 years. They're going big. I think Justin Holbrook is the coach to get them there long term. They've got a couple of players like Tino. They've got David Fafita. And guys, they can really build a sustainable future around. Sustainable, sorry. Um, Moake Fodoeka. But I'll get into the Gold Coast Titans next. So I hope you enjoyed the Cronulla Sharks podcast. If you did, give us a follow on Instagram. Pardon me, needed to burp. That's how, yeah, one of the worst, one of the worst social plugs of all time. Uh, at Not Just a Sports Report on Instagram. There won't be any burps there, I promise. Uh, and yeah, I could have edited that out, but I thought, fuck it. Um, it's that. It's just the Instagram part, whatever. But if you enjoyed the podcast, at Not Just a Sports Report, and follow us on whatever podcast device you're listening on. And you'll be able to see whenever my NRL content comes out. Got a weekly preview coming out throughout the entire season. Got my All-Stars game content coming out this weekend. And I'll be rolling through another eight teams in the NRL. So I've already done the first eight. Now I'll do the second half of that. I'll be rolling them out really quickly before the season starts. So they'll all be out before the start of March. Uh, And then, yeah, it's going to be a big season. So Gold Coast Titans coming up next. Until next time, I hope you have enjoyed the podcast and take care of yourselves.